It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. Today I am chatting with a listener. Yes, one of you guys has got in contact and asked to share your story on the podcast. So we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about fashion. We're talking about adapting to the pandemic and all of that means, uh, all of what that means even. We are talking about email sign-up quizzes. Uh, So we've got everything from the big and theoretical through to the highly practical. Before we get into all of that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Helium 10 has all the tools you need to run your business in one place. No more downloading multiple apps or paying for different software. And I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash master plan. That's helium one zero dot com slash master plan. And now to introduce today's special guest. Christy Sumer is the founder and CEO at Encircled, a Canadian female-founded sustainable clothing brand. Launched in 2012, they're now a multi-million dollar business, and she's also the host of the Brave and Boss Entrepreneurs podcast. Hello, Christy. Hi, Chloe. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's great to have you here. Um, and I, I'm amazed you managed to both run an e-commerce business and run a podcast. So I'm, I'm in <laughs> awe. <laughs> I don't publish as often as you do, uh, but I'm trying to get it done for sure. <laughs> yeah, those are two big things to be doing. But, but look, how did you get into e-commerce all those years ago? Yeah. So originally my business really just started with a product idea. So in my former life, I was not a fashion designer or an entrepreneur. I was in the corporate world for almost 10 years. And in the latter part of my career, I was a management consultant, which meant I traveled basically uh, from client site to other client sites across the country, sometimes globally with a suitcase every single week. And I started to get very frustrated with Uh, the amount of clothing I had to bring in order to create these like stylish outfits for work. So on a trip, just for pleasure, I was packing for a yoga retreat for Costa Rica and my suitcase happened to break and I had to shove everything into a carry-on. And I really had this like aha moment where I was like, why don't I just have more pieces in my wardrobe that are more versatile so that I don't have to bring as much stuff. And I pulled out this like 
tattered American apparel circle scarf. And I was like, this thing's supposed to be able to be worn 30 ways. And I started playing around with it. And it just looked like a potato sack. You had to like tie it. And the fabric was see-through. It wasn't even hemmed. And I was like, I love the concept of this, but this just does not work for me and would not work in a work environment either. So I literally started designing a product around that concept. So taking the idea of a circle scarf, upgrading the fabric, making it sustainable, thick, not see-through, drapey, gorgeous, soft. And then I created little attachments on the scarf where if you snap them together, you can form different looks. So you can turn the scarf into a cardigan, a dress, a tunic, a top, a cape, and it actually looks like what you're wearing. Like it doesn't look like a potato sack. And that (laughs) became my first product. And I got really obsessed with it. And I was like, you know what? I was asking a lot of people, you know, do you think this is a good idea? I really love it. Did a lot of research. And I'm like, you know what? Why why not just build a website and start selling it on the side and see, see how it goes? So that's really how the business started was just with that one product idea called the Chrysalis Cardi, which we still have on our site today. Wow. So so many people at that point, when their suitcase is broken and they're trying to go put it in small, we go, I need to buy different clothes. Not, not many <laughs> would go, I need to create a whole yeah. new range. So, uh, so that must have been, been quite a, a, an interesting jump to take because I think anyone who's known anyone who works in management consultancy, it's not like you've got a lot of spare time. <laughs> No, you work a lot and then a lot of time on the plane. So, you know, on average, I think I was working probably between 60 to 80 hours a week, including flying time. So I didn't have a lot of free time. And also I don't come from a fashion background. So I had no idea how to even make a product um, from end to end. So I kind of like glazed over that a little bit. But from that actual ideation stage, which was probably around like February or March 2012, it took me a solid like nine months to actually figure out how to design the product, get it manufactured, find the fabric, and link in with all the people that needed to be involved in that process, like pattern makers, technical designers, and find a factory locally in Toronto as well. So that whole process was not easy. And it was something I just kind of did on the side in the evenings and weekends. And I felt so passionate about it. I don't know how else to describe it, but I thought it was such a great idea at the time. So I just felt like really compelled to follow it through. And I I love being creative. And I think in my work, my corporate job, I really didn't get that opportunity to be creative. So I was like, you know what, I'll just test this out. I'll see if I can make it locally and use really beautiful, sustainable materials, because that's something core to my values as well. And went from there. And, you know, I built uh, a site, I built a website on Shopify. And then I had a web developer convince me to go over to Magento, um, which was a huge mistake, which I'm happy to talk about (laughs) later. (laughs) And yeah, launched it with a PR campaign and started to sell. Wow. Okay. Well, look, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get straight into that Shopify Magento scenario then. Um, How did you actually launch? Did you launch on Shopify or launch on Magento? I launched on Magento. Wow. That's, that's like um, using a Ferrari to walk to the shops. (laughs) (laughs) I laugh now, but in retrospect, it was very, very difficult. Yes, it was, you know, my background actually, so in management consulting, my vertical was retail. So I worked with a lot of the big um, e-commerce retailers in Canada Mm -hmm. and globally, and some of those were on Magento. So yes, you were absolutely correct that I was using the wrong platform. But I think I'd hit a point where I was so desperate. I had a Shopify site somewhat developed. The developer ghosted me and I found a new developer. He sounded amazing. 
And then he basically convinced me that this would be the easiest way to go. And I was so busy with my work that I wasn't really thinking about the consequences of going onto a platform like that. And in the end, um, we launched with it, but ended up switching two months later to Shopify over a weekend. I built a site, um, fired that guy, hired somebody to transfer whatever I could over customer database wise, and then went on my merry way with Shopify. And we've been on that platform ever since. Sometimes you do just have to go, right, enough, We're whatever it takes, we are changing over this weekend and it's it's just the sooner we do it, the better. Okay, so you've been on Shopify ever since. So are there any key widgets, plugins, that sort of thing you use on there? Mm-hmm. So we have two Shopify stores. We have one for our global customers that's in US dollars and then we have one for Canadian customers. So a really crucial part of that is Deer, which is an inventory software that basically knits the two sites together so that if you sell a product on one site, it syncs to the other site and does all our inventory control. I love Judge Me for reviews. That's a great review app. I just think it's really flexible. They're a really agile organization. They're always improving it. Um, Gorgeous is one of my favorite uh, help desk apps. They have a lot of chat features as well. They integrate into your Facebook ads which is pretty cool so that you can answer comments on Facebook and Instagram immediately. So those are, I think, three of my favorites. Cool. And we have to just say gorgeous is spelled G-O-R-G-I-A-S for anyone who's looking for it. Um, A name built to confuse the podcast host, (laughs) quite frankly. Uh, I'm sure there's a podcast somewhere where I call them gorgeous. Uh, So apologies, gorgeous for that. Um, (laughs) But yes, at some point, I'm sure I've made that error. Anyway, um, Right. So we've, we've done the website and the plugins. So you're in Canada and you're selling all over the world. Tell us a bit about how the product and where it's got to now, because it's more than just one item now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we originally started with the Chrysalis Cardi, one product, one size, two colors, um, and from there expanded. So like when I was working, I was in the business part-time um, kind of side hustle for almost two years before I quit my corporate job. So really, I think in that time, I developed maybe like three products or something like that. And I would just, based on my travels and things that I thought would be really cool to have in my suitcase, I would just develop a product. Like we have this product also still in our collection called the Evolve Top, which is like a reversible cowl neck top and has snaps in the sleeve. So you can change the sleeve length. Um, That one's been around for almost eight years, which is pretty incredible from a fashion standpoint. Most fashion brands don't keep a product in stock for like one season, but we're really about timeless over trendy and encircled. So that's a really core value of ours as well. Um, So now the collection is about, I think it's about 40 pieces, something like that, 40 products, which is still very small. Again, if you consider a fast fashion retailer, they're launching like upwards of three to 5,000 styles a week. Uh, so we mm-hmm. really focus on designing products that have like exceptional fit. They have a lot of versatility. So like one of our most, um, probably most popular products is the dressy sweatpant, which was another piece I designed in my travels as well. Cause I wanted a pant that was like dressy looking, but felt like sweatpants. So we picked this really beautiful luxurious fabric, put it into um, kind of a dressier silhouette. So it looks like you're wearing real pants, but you're not. Um, so those have been really successful, obviously, in the last year, but those have been around since 2015, basically. So we really designed with that idea of how can we really feel a true wardrobe need and create products that are both comfortable, stylish, genuinely sustainable, ethical, um, and not create anything that's unnecessary, but things that will truly hold a lot of value in a customer's wardrobe. I think uh, I love the comparison you make with fast fashion because sometimes it feels like we're being told that you have to change things all the time 
And mm-hmm. that is, I was going to say that's great for turnover, but actually, as your business proves, you don't, you don't have to keep creating new product to keep the sales coming in. If you create great product, you can sell the same thing for eight years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so two years in, you go, you, you give up the, the corporate job and you come full time into the business. I'm guessing that you've got a few people working with you now. So, so mm-hmm. how big's the team and are you, are you outsourcing anything or are you doing it all yourselves? So we are now, as of today, I think we're 14 people. So, um, mostly based in Toronto. So the one thing we outsource is production. We have six factories in the Toronto, Canada area we work with and, uh, fab- fabric manufacturing is outsourced as well, but we do all of the original design of all of our products. So we have a design team in house, a production team, um, customer love, which is basically our customer service and shipping, um, operations. And then marketing has a team as well. We also outsource um, Facebook ads to a certain extent. Like we work closely with the freelancer for that, but that's mainly managed by somebody out of house and account. We have a pretty big accounting team as well to help us uh, manage some of the transactions that come in from e-commerce and stuff like that. But all web development for the most part is done in-house, all design, all content and photography. Wow, cool. So so it's really a... Uh, an in-house approach you're taking where everything mm-hmm. is 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 done there is, do you think we you mentioned a couple of times about the, the importance of sustainability and so forth within the business to make that happen and get that ethos right do you think it's been important to keep everything in-house yeah I mean I think when your business is all about sustainability and having a really high ethical standard it's really hard to outsource because your partners need to meet those standards so even with our production partners in Toronto and fabric manufacturers like we all even though we're beholden to standards of labor that are really high in Canada um, we have them sign additional ethical checklists we are a certified B Corp so that holds us to an even higher standard than like the general standard of labor and sustainability practices so vertically integrating is actually an interesting discussion which I feel like I could do a whole podcast on but (laughs) it's one of the ways because there is just a higher cost of doing business of being sustainable and ethical that's just everybody kind of understands that you know the product inputs cost more you can't charge as more as much because consumers aren't necessarily right there yet to pay more for sustainable and ethical products maybe a little bit more but not a ton more Um, So you have to kind of figure out a business model that where you can kind of capture profit every level and be as streamlined as possible. And for us, that has meant like in-house warehousing that has meant eventually probably in-house factories. Like our plan is to really scale vertically in in in-house retail eventually as well, because that's just the best way that we can keep some of the margin in-house, continue to support our values, grow our economy and create jobs here as well. Um, so that's just the business model we've always had. I haven't really ever, like, I mean, when I quit my job, I had no employees. I had myself <laughs> and I wasn't even being paid. Um, so, you know, it's been a slow build to that employee level. But this year we probably will end the year around, I think, 20 employees, something like that. And I suppose that potentially that's part of the sustainability journey is that it's going to be slow growth. It's not going to be zero to a million in year one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just the reality of the business model, because when you don't have that kind of really high margin that a lot of these fast fashion retailers would have, you just don't have all that space to reinvest in ads at a really low return. You have to be really smart with your spend and very strategic, 
my background is a lot of finance and I'm very thankful for that because knowing the numbers in your e-commerce business is so critical in any e-commerce business. But if you're going to go into the realm of sustainability, um, you know, just naturally your costs are going to be so much higher. So you have to be even more on top of the numbers every day. Now, something you mentioned that I suspect quite a lot of people listening have not heard of is a B Corp. So um, that is obviously a quite a, a big thing to achieve in the sustainability journey. So do you just want to quickly explain what that is to the audience? Because I'm sure some of them are going to go, wow, we should do that. Yeah. So uh, Encircle is a certified B Corporation. We became one in 2018. It's essentially a third party audit um, that looks across your whole organization around governance, environmental, like sustainability, people, practices, policies, and they go in depth into everything you do to verify that you have, you know, really held yourself to ethical standards. And in fact, they actually make you when you get certified put in your corporate bylaws and documents that you state that you will use this your business as a force for good in the world. So there's um, quite a few B Corps now in the world, like Eileen Fisher, Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream is a really famous one, Warby Parker. Um, and these are all businesses who've gone through this process. And for us, it was really important because saying you're ethical is like one thing, but actually verifying that is a whole nother thing. So, you know, where are you actually buying your materials from? How are you actually paying your workers? All that kind of stuff goes into the assessment. I mean, there's like, I think, 200 questions or more in it. So it is quite extensive. So I think for anybody who wants to explore that, I definitely recommend it. But I do think it's important to have support from somebody to help you get through that process. Because just like auditing and pulling all the information and the the data they want, I mean, we're just recertifying right now uh, this year. And it's a lot of work, especially for a small business. And I know larger businesses have whole teams dedicated to it. So it's definitely worth it because it puts you in a caliber of businesses that, you know, we wouldn't be able to stand beside otherwise. And then you get to learn from them and learn best practices. So we've taken a ton of stuff through the assessment that we go through for B Corp and integrated into our business model to make it even more sustainable. So it's been a really great journey and I definitely highly recommend it, but definitely make sure that you have that team support to help you through the process. And what some of you may have picked up there from the examples that, that Christy was given is that this, it's a global thing. This isn't a Canadian mm-hmm. thing or a British thing. It's a, it's a worldwide thing. So wherever you are, you can, you, can, if you, want, you can prove your ethical sustainability by going down the B Corp route. It sounds like, like it's, it's one of those box ticking exercises where you learn a lot of good things for your business. It's, so it's not really just a box ticking exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of takeaways and a lot of things we've been able to reintegrate into the business to make ourselves even more knowledgeable about how to be better going forward, which I think is what we all want to do. We always want to continuously improve as e-commerce brands. And something which I have to ask you because of the world we're in at the moment and everything you were saying at the beginning about the capsule wardrobe as you're traveling, that was clearly such an important part of the vision of the business. And for the last 12, 18 months, we've been in a world where travel is not really happening. So Mm -hmm. has that meant you've had to change a lot of the messaging in the business or the products? How much have you had to adapt to that? That's such a great question, Chloe. Um, So in 2016, I started to feel like travel was limiting us a little bit. 
So we actually worked with a branding agency at that time to kind of reposition ourselves around the idea of a capsule wardrobe for home. And that idea, if you can travel so light, why do you need so many pieces in your closet? If you just had a closet with like fewer but better pieces that were more versatile, more comfortable, that you felt confident in, um, that would be a great direction to go in. So we slowly had started that rebrand, ironically, way in advance of the pandemic, just because we felt like more people were coming to us. People were coming to us because they were going on a trip to buy pieces. And that was fine. And and then they were buying the pieces. And then they were like emailing us and saying, hey, this is like really great for every day. I wear, I actually end up wearing this top like every day to work. And we felt like our messaging was really holding us back from marketing because people were like, oh, I'm only shopping with them if I'm going traveling. So that was an insight that I learned pretty early on. So we started to expand our brand at that point. And somewhat recently, like right before the pandemic hit, we were just rolling out kind of new messaging around the wardrobe that does it all and how, you know, you really don't have to compromise when you shop with us because we check all the boxes on sustainability, comfort and style. And, you know, travel for us, we have a couple of pieces that are still, I would say, major travel purchases. And the Christmas Cardi is one of them for sure. And that's a big Mm -hmm. customer acquisition piece as well, because it is still very unique. So that definitely hurt us during the pandemic because people weren't buying that product at all. Um, However, people were buying a ton of athleisure, which is something that we did have. Uh, So what happened in Canada during the pandemic was um, all of our factories shut down to non-essential manufacturing. So we weren't able to make any product for almost 90 days. And as a small business, we run really lean on inventory. So we actually got down to two weeks of inventory in June of last year. So we almost didn't have, we were having brainstorms around what could we sell that we could make out of like digitally because we were literally at the point where we had no product. So what we did in March to fill that gap was we started making non-medical masks locally with our production partners from organic materials. So we started doing that both for donation and for sale on our website. And that basically carried us through to like June, July and was able to stabilize our cash flow keep our manufacturers open and working um, and obviously provide a great service for the community. And then since then we've been able to replenish our inventory and grow because there has been just a heightened interest. I think overall, I'm curious to hear globally, but at least in Canada about shopping local um, sustainability, um, ethical manufacturing, all that kind of stuff has really been finally in our favor, which is really great. So we've actually seen quite a bit of growth in the last year. Yeah, I think there's, we're seeing um, a lot of the noise around at the moment seems to be about, uh, you know, e-commerce has accelerated by five years or 10 years or 15 years, depending on who you choose to listen to. And, you know, all these surveys of people who started buying online who are going to continue buying online. But but personally, I think some of the most interesting trends that we're seeing out of the pandemic are the ones which kind of the consumer desires that have been accelerated. So the the human connection, the ethical, sustainable, the local, the those kind those kind of things are far more fascinating to me than we've we've jumped five years ahead because that's that's what's going to enable us to to look after the customer and that's what's going to enable us to grow. So so it makes a lot of sense that that you're seeing people more interested in that ethical, smaller wardrobe side of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And people are just really wanting to support local. I think we've seen that in Toronto a lot, like just local restaurants, local, like, can I buy this locally? I'm in this Facebook group for my neighborhood and I've never seen so many posts about, you know, I want to buy this even like weird stuff like windows. Can I shop local? Like people are getting really minutiae around it, which I love. I think it's great that like that heightened awareness happened. 
because I think we've gotten a little too aggressive with the e-commerce dropshipping model where we don't know where things come from. Um, and as consumers, I think people have been burned by that and now they're ready for like a different customer experience. And there's one last thing I want to talk about with you, which is completely about customer experience and which I think I'm, I'm guessing builds on what you were saying earlier about needing to make sure you're getting margin every place you get it, which is, you know, very front and centre on your website. You've got a quiz, which mm-hmm. is, you know, feels some some in some cases feels a bit like a buzzword these days in e-commerce. Everyone needs a quiz. But yours, I took your quiz this morning oh, no. and... Um, and and it's it, it works. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, it's definitely working today. Um, but it it struck me from what you were saying earlier about needing to make that margin on every piece that the quiz is a great way of helping someone into the brand and accelerating their path to purchase. So is is mm-hmm. how long have you had the quiz and has it gone through many reiterations over the years? Yeah, so the quiz has been around for almost three years, which is crazy. Uh, we have updated it. it. Full disclosure, it has not been updating during the pandemic. So you might have seen some questions where it was like, you know, something about working at your desk <laughs> at your office. And like, that's not relevant I, anymore. <laughs> I didn't notice. It didn't strike me as something which needed updating. Oh, okay, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't tell you it definitely wasn't in there, but it felt very now. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's good to hear. But um, yeah, it's been... It's been a great tool. So yeah, we launched it almost three years ago. It was a little tricky to get it set up. It's run on Typeform, integrated with Klaviyo, our our email software. Um, So we've definitely had some interesting learnings through that process. But I would say since we recently launched a separate opt-in to test against it, um, that even though that new opt-in welcome series does a lot better, this opt-in generates way more quantity of people opting into the brand. Uh, which is interesting, almost 10 to 1, I would say. So people definitely really love quizzes. It's a great way to walk people down the path of what a capsule wardrobe is and what that might look like. And it's something that definitely we want to expand on, like that idea of really helping people shape their wardrobes online, where you don't have that interaction in a retail store. So how can you really take what somebody owns already and, you know, what you have as an assortment as a retailer and put those two together in a way that's really going to add value so that when that customer finishes checkout and gets that box at their door, that they're going to be like, wow, this has really been a great experience for me. So I've, I have found that quiz to be amazing. It's something we're actually revisiting this quarter and going to be kind of expanding out on and doing collections around as well as more tailored kind of content to people because that's really where the value is with e-commerce brands. I mean, anybody can make a t-shirt and sell it, even from sustainable materials. It's a lot harder for sure, Um, but it is possible. But not all brands can really truly intersect and come with value for their customer, which is what I think will really build a stronger long-term relationship with, with your customers. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, 
platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Helium 10 is an all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. Whether you're just starting or are several years into e-commerce, it is a must-have tool for your business and I have an incredible offer for you. Get 50% off your first month of a Helium 10 Platinum account when you go to helium10.com forward slash masterplan. That's helium com slash masterplan. Master plan. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Christy, you ready for the top tips? I'm ready. Excellent. Okay. Um, The book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Traction by Gino Wickman. A popular choice. Um, Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Hmm, This is such a great, I struggled with this one, but I I do think it's email marketing. A lot of people are impressed by the glitz of Facebook ads, but email marketing is a really great retention and acquisition tool. Much better return on investment than Facebook ads as well. <laughs> um, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I mean, Slack is going to be my answer for this. I think just in the pandemic particularly, it's been invaluable for communication. And I think the most popular recommendation on the podcast ever, if we actually went and counted it all up, which we haven't. <laughs> uh, okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Be consistent with your content marketing. Short, sweet and very to the point. I like it. But so true. Keep that messaging right. Well, look, Christy, before we say goodbye to everyone, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. So you can find Encircled online at encircled.co. And we're also on Instagram at encircled underscore. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Christy Sumer. And my podcast is at christysumer.com. And your podcast, who who's it targeted at? Who should be listening? Yeah, so the podcast is called Brave and Boss, the podcast. It's for purpose-driven entrepreneurs, primarily e-commerce businesses, who really have a strong mission to their business. So either they're really passionate about sustainability or ethics and really want to learn how to take their business from, you know, five or 10K a month to over six figures um, a year. So that's kind of our core target and primarily female founders. We have a Facebook group as well, which is a really lovely community where they can join for free and just chat and meet other founders. Because I found that just that networking component is really important for um, getting support while you're growing your business. Yeah, it can be a very lonely place running a business. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, Chrissy, thanks for sharing that. We'll make sure links to those get added to the show notes for everybody. And um, thanks for coming on the podcast today. It's been really, really, really lovely talking to you. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Chloe, for having me. It's been a pleasure.
great chatting with Christy there, especially because I know a lot of you are working on building that sustainable ethical business model. And she gave such clear insight there as to how it really permeates everything you do and also how you need to be really, really focused in on getting those core financial boxes ticked, I suppose, you know, so you're really focusing in on the margin at every step. Now, you can get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list. Not a quiz, I'm afraid, but you can get yourself on the list. And that way you won't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you like this episode, then make sure you check out our episode with Circular & Co, because that was all about sustainable businesses as well and how they've used that to grow exponentially. Thank you for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I would love to help them too. I hope you have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.